0: Welcome back to Missing Maura Murray. I'm Tim here today with Lance. Lance, how are you today?
1: I am doing a lot better than I deserve to be doing. How are you today, Tim?
0: <laughs> I am doing fine, just fine uh, on this early December week, Lance. And uh, really, I'm doing great because we talked to Chloe Cantor, one of our friends in this episode. She uh, has a show on the Crawl Space Network that she does with her twin sister called True Crime Twins. And Chloe's been in our orbit for three or four years now. We work with her closely. She's kind of like our in-house psych uh, person, or really the person we go to to bounce ideas off of when it comes to psychological questions. So this is a really great interview, really kind of turned into almost like like a group therapy session with Chloe. (laughs)
1: <laughs> you know, it sure did. Chloe does a really great job with her sister Melina on True Crime Twins, and they will be coming back in the new year. They went on a little bit of a hiatus, but they're coming back strong with some new cases. And this interview, like you said, is an unintentional therapeutic session. We we break down some topics that have been sticking in our sides like a thorn. Uh, and And you have to pull these things into the light, right? You need to talk about them, and you need to figure out why they're important, if they're important at all, and I guess the meaning behind it all. If you're looking into Morris' case, every detail needs to be flushed out to the point where you, you don't have anything left to say about it. I know that that sounds like it could be uh, boring if you're wrapping up everything in this minutia, but it's really not. Everything does kind of mean something, and and that's not hyperbolic in any way. That's true. And really, we said group therapy. I, I want to uh,
0: sort of widen that and really kind of say community therapy, online community therapy, because I think this will help the entire online community who's been following the uh, the everyday happenings. Um, because Lance, we're just as confused as everybody else.
1: Yeah. Talk about that word confusion. I think I mentioned it half a dozen times in this interview that I'm not upset or I'm not trying to accuse. I'm just Confused. There's, and, and it's fine to admit that you're confused because it's the only way you can untangle this knot.
0: Yeah, and and I think that's kind of uh, we uh, we always uh, bear our souls on on these airwaves, Lance. And when we don't have anything else to say, I mean, we, th- that's what we'll say because that's the truth. That's how we feel right now. And so I hope uh, people out there listening can relate in some way or at least are assisted by hearing us and and us uh discuss our confusion with the online community uh it, the way that things have been going in the past few weeks
1: yeah and chloe is a really great person uh, to be that conduit between what it's like stepping back and looking at the entire situation looking at the community which she does she monitors it. She doesn't interact uh, that much, but she monitors it all the time, and she absorbs it, and she makes assessments based on what she's seen, and it's great to have her be that in-between factor for you and I to go to because she does have that psychology background.
0: Okay, everybody, so we're going to throw it to the interview with Chloe Kanner. Make sure to subscribe to True Crime Twins. It is coming back in January of 2021, so don't miss that. Thanks a lot for listening. Welcome back to the podcast, Chloe Cantor. How's it going, Chloe?
2: I am doing fantastic. It's great to be back. How are you?
1: Can't complain. Actually, it's great that you're back, but you're always kind of here. We reference you so many times uh, because you've done so much work on Crawl Space with Brianna Maitland, and you've done so much great work with your sister on True Crime Twins, Melina. So we're always sort of referencing you, even though we haven't talked on air for a while, um, I will welcome you back, but you, you still are, are here in spirit.
2: Well, thank you. I'm glad that I have a sort of presence uh, without actually being there, especially in these times of quarantine and isolation. You know, I'm hoping to uh, resume our show after our little hiatus for season two in January, and I do also intend to start blogging again. I just took a little time off with uh, my busy life at the moment.
0: Okay, great. And so uh, so True Crime Twins is the podcast that you do with your twin sister, Melina, and you say that you guys are returning in January.
2: Excited. We already have a queue of cases that we're thinking of covering.
0: Okay, very excited. And, uh, and tell me about the blog. Um, I, I know that you were recently on our good friend Bill Thomas and Kristen Dilley's podcast, Mind Over Murder, talking about the Brianna Maitland case. Can you tell us a little bit about that?
2: Sure. Yeah, I was really happy to, to talk to those two. I really enjoy their show. And any opportunity to talk about the Brianna Maitland case, I'm I'm happy to be a part of. So yeah, they were very complimentary of my blog. They actually said that it really helped, you know, clarify the case. And that is the whole philosophy behind it is just sort of communicate what happened, communicate everything in a clear and concise way to the audience. So it was it was a great conversation that we had. But yeah, for people who don't know, it's just a, a kind of like a summary of the case and kind of making uh making different points and unpacking certain points of the investigation that I've found to be compelling or I I felt to be relevant to discuss.
1: Well, that's wonderful you went on their show. Uh I'm a little jealous though because Bill Thomas is such a scoundrel. Him and him and uh Miss Dilly over there, they will they will they will pick any guest that we have on any any connection we have just for their own benefit. So I'm just kidding they're they're awesome people. I'm so glad you were able to talk to them. It was a great episode
2: well, I maybe I shouldn't be saying this on air, but I've also officially stolen him from you as like a friend. So you're not friends anymore. He's now my friend.
0: (laughs) But Chloe, one of your, uh, your biggest, your biggest contributions, one of your biggest contributions to the Brianna Maitland case was, uh, an interview you had with Keely lacrosse, which I think stands today as kind of one of the only ones that, that, uh, we have in our circle, if I'm not mistaken.
2: Yeah. She really hasn't spoken to any media sources in a long time. I think she maybe spoke to Hank Albarelli in in one of his old articles back from, I think, 2005 or 2006. But since then, uh, she's kind of been silent. So it was a a great opportunity. I broke it down in my blog in sort of two parts. She explained the fight where she punched Brianna three weeks before her disappearance and a lot of other elements. She was in that social circle, very connected to a lot of people that we're talking about. And you know, she was, she described herself as one of Brianna's best friends at Enosburg Falls High School. Obviously, that friendship dissolved. But, you know, her perspective, I found, was very valuable, particularly because her name just comes up time and time again. People are suspicious. People have questions.
1: And what was it like uh, approaching her and trying to secure not an interview, but even just a conversation?
2: It was difficult. I I think that there was hesitance and reluctance on, on her end. And I understand, you know, one of the things that we talked about was, it is difficult for her to see what comes up when, when she Googles herself. So I think participating in this at all was something that she was reluctant to do. So it, it, it took a long time to actually get her on the phone. Um, but once, once I did, she was uh, pretty cooperative and, and gave me a lot of her time.
0: Very cool. And, um, and can you tell us a little bit about your background?
2: Yeah, sure. I met you guys, I think back in 2017. I was working as a psychiatric counselor and just had a personal interest in, in true crime, for basically as long as I can remember. So I ended up reaching out to you two after you had made a sort of call to action on your show about if anyone has any, any research or any information or observations, you know, now now's the time to sort of come forth with it. So I took that as an opportunity to introduce myself to my favorite podcasting celebs and it kind of developed from there
0: well how cool and the rest is history i like how your
1: background starts with us
2: well i guess relevant relevant to this conversation
1: nope nope (laughs) it's it's in the books now you did not exist before this podcast (laughs)
2: <laughs> I guess not.
1: <laughs> and
0: uh, can you tell us a little bit about your twin sister before, um, before we get to um, the Maura Murray case? But um, is your sister, she's in nursing school, right? Your, your twin sister, Melina?
2: Yeah, she just finished. Uh, she hasn't been pinned yet, but she's all done. She's, you know, just that much closer to getting her RN. So next is, I think, her um, NCLEX exam, so she can become licensed or registered. And then she'll be a nurse. She finished uh, the UMass program that uh, Mar Murray was in, actually.
0: Did you talk to her about uh, about the nursing school and um, how it could connect, you know, how any intel she gathered from going to the UMass nursing school uh, could be applied to the Mar Murray case? She,
2: we have, and I I wish that I had things fresh in the top of my head, because we had those conversations much more frequently at the beginning when she started the program, because that's when she was really making a lot of the observations, but... One of the things that's fresh is if you miss a clinical, at, at least this is how it is now, e- even one, you have to repeat the course. So, what my sister was saying was she believed that, you know, of missing a whole week of clinicals was a really big deal and she would have to find some way to make it up or she would have to repeat the courses. That's kind of her understanding of how it works now. I don't know if that's how it was then, but um, it kind of put even more weight to more a decision to be gone for a week or that, you know, that's at least what she said to the professors. She'd be gone a week.
1: Yeah. Pretty interesting uh, information there. It's always cool to get a firsthand account from someone who went through something similar, even though it seems uh, like it might not be uh, relatable to her actual disappearance. All of the moments that lead up to that still put you in a frame of mind that is uh, uh, relevant to how you approach this case. So I, I think hearing from someone with firsthand experience is, is always a good thing.
2: Yes, I, I would agree with that.
0: Well, we should uh, reconnect um, with uh, Melina when you guys uh, relaunch your uh, your show or you guys uh, come back for season two. And we oh, can, absolutely. Yeah, we can delve into that a little bit more. I think that's interesting. So, Chloe, have you been following some of uh, what's been going on in the Maura Murray case, uh, particularly in the online communities?
2: I have been. I, I do my best to stay in the know.
0: Okay, and when? How do you? Uh, w- w- what are the any observations you've uh, you've made recently?
2: Things are heating up lately. <laughs> That's uh, I guess the, the best way to summarize it. There have been ongoing tensions with different schools of thought in the community that have become you know with time increasingly heated, um, personal, antagonistic, and I can just you know just be forth coming with who I'm referring to you know we have you know you two we have Aaron Larkin and you two I mean you three don't see eye to eye and disagree with a lot of things in the case and I think the biggest point of contention and correct me if I'm wrong has been her association with Bill and Sharon Roush and her ongoing efforts to defend him and you know she'll say oh I I don't defend Bill, but when you when you go back and look at her Twitter, she's clearly repeatedly defending the actions of Bill or, you know, saying he has an ironclad alibi. It, she does seem to be on his defense, which has been inexplicable to a lot of people, including me, including you guys. And so it's almost become this uh, very divisive situation. And recently they released an email that Sharon Roush had written to Helena Murray that really ended up making Sharon and Bill and Aaron by association not look so good. It's honestly the decision to release the email was pretty questionable. What
1: What is it in your opinion? You mentioned Twitter. What is it in your opinion that um, motivates this to go to Twitter, that this is public, that this can't be something that is dealt with uh, more on a one-on-one basis? Let me be more clear about that. What is your opinion with this not being able to be dealt with, not on a one-on-one basis. And I'm not speaking about with Aaron calling Tim or myself. I mean, there's like 47 people that sometimes and more who contribute to that uh, Twitter thread. Is it something that's like, like a, like a, like a snowball effect.
2: I mean, you guys would have to be the ones to speak to whether or not attempts have been made to work things out one-on-one, but I mean, I guess I can just ask you now, have have you guys tried to work things out privately, or
0: it's it's kind of hard to see eye to eye directly in that, I guess
1: well, well, I mean, we did. We did speak to Bill one on one. We have spoken to Aaron, but every time the conversation breaks down and there's something weird to me about speaking with somebody so close to Mora's personality, so close to her as a person, there's something weird to me about. That person needing to have us earn the respect to talk to him, earn the trust. Like There was this whole trust-building process before Bill could come on the show and speak publicly to thousands of people who really want to know what he has to say so that they can stop looking into certain things or, or maybe move to another aspect of the case because of something he might say publicly on the show. Uh, I've, I'm just I'm so confused why all of this is just left to 164 words, you know, spurts um, instead of something that could be out there. This platform is designed for that, and it's always confused me.
0: Yeah, that's a great point. Yeah, we we did connect one-on-one before the summer, before things kind of really blew up, and then there really hasn't been attempts to connect uh, directly at that point since then.
2: And I guess to Lance's point, it sounds like you guys have been trying to get him on the show from the beginning, and there was a trust-building process, and that obviously didn't pan out. And are you trying to say, Lance, that you've found it just a little bit unseemly, that it was kind of this difficult dance and but he's willing to, you know, talk on Twitter.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, um, it's a good word you just used. And, and I always fall back to just confused. That's what I always end up feeling is very confused. And I just want to be clear. We, it's not like we ever tried to get him on the show. We, we've actually never solicited him to be on the show. We have said to him, if you ever want to come on, obviously that's an open door policy. Obviously the boyfriend of Moore Murray can come on our show and, and and after private conversations and and him actually saying, well, I just want to make sure that you know, uh, you get you I, I earn your trust or you guys earn my trust or something like that. Like we needed to prove ourselves to him, but everything can blow up on Twitter and and leave people to to come up with their own interpretations of of what he's saying because you have a limited amount of characters on Twitter and and just like a limited amount of people that are going to be looking at it because it gets buried.
2: Yeah, I mean, he has more control.
0: That's a good point. Um, I just wanted to add that uh, we did reach out to him for the first time, I think, back in 2015. I want to say the fall or winter, uh, late 2015, early 2016, to ask him if he wanted to come on. As you said, Lance sort of gave him an open door policy, and you know he did reply um, back then, saying like thanks or whatever. I'll think about it. And then it was years before years since we heard from him. And I think uh, you know until maybe December 2018. I want to say when we heard from him again, um, you know. Re- only a few months before he was indicted um so yeah so yeah we do have questions because he does seem to have some answers about mora's headspace things that he's never answered like the i feel a little exasperated too lance when we talk about this because i really just want him and now his mom i really just want them to be helpful and i feel bad about it this does not make me feel good to say this i i want them to be helpful and i you know i i regret the situation that it's in right now i went too far recently on a patreon and i apologize and i regret that that didn't help things but if they can still be helpful we as a community want them to help
2: and in their minds i think they feel that they have been helpful you know so it's again it's it's like a it's just a convergence in perception they think, you know, well, we talked to the police early on. I, I actually have no idea what they think. This is obviously speculation, but I think in their minds, I, I seriously doubt that Bill and Sherrod and Roush walk around every day thinking that they've been unhelpful in Moore's case. I'm sure in their minds they think that they've been very helpful and that going on your show or cooperating with new media platforms is not necessarily helpful. I think Bill probably prefers tweeting because he has – more control of exactly what's being put out he probably feels more comfortable on aaron's show because clearly she's not challenging his sense of reality at all you would and he, she's not going to ask him questions that he doesn't want to answer in his mind the way that he portrays himself on twitter is that he's been very forthcoming he'll answer any questions hey i'm doing A Q&A about mora but he's not answering all the questions, and the questions that he's not answering are the ones that we really want to hear most.
0: Yeah, and uh, and we did do a, a few episodes recently, and we sort of um, brainstormed some questions uh, for him. And um, he seemed uh, like, like he would be willing to answer these questions. He was writing on Twitter. He was putting a link to his website saying, hey, submit a question here. Um, but I, I just think people didn't want to do that. Um and and I don't want to stop anyone from going to his site and submitting a question if someone wants to, but I think with all the um craziness in the online community, uh attacks, sometimes hacking and things like that, uh people didn't want to go there. And so like I, I guess Bill can't blame people for that. But he does have Twitter. You know, some of those questions were asked on the show. Um and he has Twitter. he can answer some of these via Twitter if he wants to.
2: But he's not. He's he's making it that extra step, which like you said, people don't necessarily want to take.
1: That's right. Yeah. And it still exists. Like the, the offer is still there when it's appropriate for Bill. Because it it would be nice down the road, if things work out, we could do something like a, a, a git vocal live show with him if he really wanted to do a Q and A. However, Things have gone in such a direction with the issues that he's facing legally that we're not comfortable at this time having someone in his position speak about anything uh, in regards to a a, a missing person case. Um, because what he's saying on on Twitter is, is what he wants to say at this time, maybe what he's legally allowed to say at this time. Uh, I personally don't want anything to happen to anyone's outstanding case as they're awaiting, I guess, trial. I mean, I'm not even speaking specifically about Bill. Anybody who's awaiting trial, uh, I really wouldn't want to have come on the show and be responsible for something that is said to damage either side of a case. So,
2: (laughs) Not that you could have him if you wanted him.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I guess you're right. But, Chloe, we need the ratings.
0: (laughs) Uh, No. I do want to go back to to a point that that Lance made, and um, you you were talking about how everything has to be done on Twitter and publicly, and I and I really just wonder if it's done for people to see. You know, it's 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 not it's not for a private conversation; it's for display. It's almost theatrics in a way.
2: Oh, I, I definitely would agree with that.
0: Yeah, and, absolutely. Um, I,
2: I think I mean when you're I mean in this <laughs> I hope this isn't like rude, but. When when you tweet something in, in uh, you know a part of that thread or a part of that exchange and it gets a bunch of favorites, you know it's like you have people on your. It's kind of like a like a force of the community almost. Sh- you know, showing who is subscribing to which side, which is crazy because it's like a, literally a sideshow. Um, but that's kind of where we are right now, and and you do see you know, I don't want to get sidetracked. I'll focus on what we're talking about right now. But, um, it's just, when you, when you are breaking down these threads, it's, it's kind of interesting how certain things can kind of contradict previous statements.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. And, and there's a ton of, uh, fake accounts that, that come out there and, and attack. And, uh, it's, it's, uh, definitely confusing, um, but it does seem like some of the those accounts are obviously uh as as we talked about earlier um kind of supporting bill and 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 that uh side and and one of those accounts that we were really wondering what the heck was going on with uh, actually was uh, an account uh, an account named Carlo DeWitt recently that um that has been out there since January and um and some some people noticed some of the uh, writing from Carlo DeWitt was similar to uh, Sharon Rausch's writing from an email that uh, she had sent to Helena Murray back in 2008, which was uh, inexplicably posted by Aaron Larkin on on Twitter. And I say inexplicably because I do not know how she came into possession of that, and I do not know why she posted that or what the purpose was. Uh, Lance, again, if this was to have been done directly to settle some dispute, obviously uh, that's a problem. I think you can see why, like, cause it was sort of, this was baited, baited, uh, John Smith in regards to this, uh, this email, it was very, very strange happening, uh, on Twitter.
2: It was. And, you know, it, it didn't end up making the Roush family look very good to be, to be threatening to sue, you know, Mara's aunt or or cousin for accessing, uh, the cell phone records of, their beloved boyfriend, you know, it's like, to, to send such an angry email, it, I think it made everyone very suspicious about, you know, why are you so fervently trying to hide something that, you know, Bill is later on saying on uh, Reddit, oh, we made those public, that's why we made those public, so people could, you know, research, it's like, no, that is a lie, because your mom was furious that those came out, and, what I'm wondering is why, what on there did she not want coming out? I think we could speculate. There's a lot of different things. I think that she wouldn't want coming out, but it's just kind of showing, uh, an effort to conceal, which is really, really disconcerting.
1: It's odd, right? And the, the timestamp on that was 2008. So four years after Mora's disappearance, and this was, and, and stop me if I'm incorrect on any of this. We, I, I think I talked about this during a Patreon or, or, or something. Um, the timestamp was 2008. Sharon Roush uh, is working hard to find uh, to to the, for the whereabouts of Moore Murray. She's trying very hard because it is tearing her family apart. Right? Stop me if any of this is not accurate. It's it, her son Bill. It, it's it's had such a negative impact on his life. And he's devastated by it. And these phone records came by way of John Smith, and wherever he got them is not a hundred percent known, right?
0: Right. Well, he claims that he got them from Helena Murray, um, and uh, and so yeah, you're I guess you're kind of paraphrasing um, the the email, uh, but yeah, it's it's basically it talks about Billy's privacy and um, and how. Uh, Sharon did not want those phone records to go to John Smith and for him to work on them as a private investigator.
1: Right. Okay. So at that time in 2008, John Smith had not done an interview with us because we didn't exist and he had not, uh, known about James Renner. James Renner never had, had not started his blog yet. As far as John Smith's existence in the Mora Murray world was concerned, he was a private investigator working on her disappearance at the behest of Fred Murray, right? Yeah, I believe that's accurate. And the fact that a private investigator would obtain phone records, which would possibly give both grieving families some answer, maybe, as to the whereabouts of Maura Murray because Mora was on Sharon's phone bill. She, she, she was under the phone plan. They might know where she was going, what was leading up to her disappearance. Did she perhaps call somebody on her way up to New Hampshire? Did she call anybody? Maybe there was a phone call that was missed after 727 on that night. Who knows? But the investigator had the phone records. I'm not a private investigator, but that to me sounds a lot like one of the first things a modern-day private investigator would do is try to find the cell phone records of the missing person. I don't know if there was a conversation before this email was sent, but this email should not have read like this. It should have read like, hey, totally get why you're doing this to find the person that my son was in love with and engaged to be engaged to. I'm curious where you got the phone records. I understand that this isn't an invasion of privacy. You're doing your job at the behest of Fred Murray. Why is it a a threat for a lawsuit? Legitimately... She threatens to to sue. She. I worked for a, a law firm for seventeen years. Yeah. That's, you know, to say that's how easy I can get a lawyer.
2: I mean, anyone can get a lawyer, but she's saying that these lawyers have a personal connection to her, and therefore would sue the grieving family at even more of an intense uh, rate or whatever. It was just like a an obvious threat. Like, oh, these are my friends. They're not just my lawyers. They're my friends, and they care about me.
0: Yeah, let me, let me read that line specifically. She says, I want all of you as well as this person to be advised that I will seek legal action against any person, persons, or group that in any way violates the privacy of Billy or any member of our family. Right. And then she goes on to say, oh, we'll also uh, assist any member of Maura's family to seek legal action too. But obviously that line there speaks for itself.
2: I'm, I- I'm a protective mother. Like I, I get protecting your kids but I don't understand why a couple of pages of a phone record showing who he called that day is such an atrocious violation of privacy that it outweighs the importance of locating someone that she said was like her daughter you know she said Mora Ma- couldn't have been more of a like she she couldn't have been more of a daughter to me if I'd given birth to her she had said something like that so it's like where's your fierce protection of her
1: it it's really confusing again i'm going back to confusing i don't have children uh, tim and chloe you two both have daughters i'm sorry to use this comparison but if one of your daughters went missing and and you hired a private investigator to obtain the phone records of her fiance and then another family member reached out to you and 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 was freaking out like or reached out to that investigator and was freaking out like would that make any sense in your head
2: no, and I commend Helena for the grace that she must have shown in that moment because I would have been furious, yeah. as yeah. I think any parent would have been.
1: The more we talk about it, the more furious I get.
0: Yeah, I think there's a big difference between blood, too, um, you know, direct, direct lineage. Um, in reality, right, uh, Sharon and Bill, they, they knew Mora well, or, but, but only really for a few years. Uh, her family knew her, her entire life, so that's really not comparable.
2: Oh, of course not. But I'm saying that it's like, she was family when it suited them. Yeah. You know, she, like she was saying, that she was, she, she couldn't have been more my daughter if I'd given birth to her and you know, they were, they were engaged. You know, she was the only one that was pushing that, that they were engaged or that they were engaged to be engaged. Right. So she's saying that they're family, but then, you know, we, we know who she's really trying to protect, but I just, you know, if it was my son, what, why, his- why would you be behaving that way? Unless something strange is going on. I don't see any reason to hide things if it's helpful to an investigation.
0: Yeah, I mean, she she really, again, says it right here. I want to read the line um, right at the uh, near the end. She says, the bottom line is that Billy has suffered enough. So you, you're right, Chloe. You make a great point because that is not the bottom line here.
2: That's the bottom line to her, but right. it's not the bottom line.
1: <laughs> I can't even. I, I mean, maybe, maybe uh, something changed in the from 2004 to, to 2008 but I just keep going back to anyone in that position with children would would you react that like would you react that way
2: but why does she care i feel like that's the bigger question like you know what i mean if if my if i if Ava's boyfriend went missing and her phone records from that day went public and i knew she did nothing wrong i wouldn't care like i i mean that
1: well yeah i mean if a private investigator it came to your attention that a private investigator had th- those phone records you'd probably want to know right? You'd probably want to know the the calls leading up to and the calls after would would lawsuit even cross your mind no, no
2: but then again i can't I can't be projecting my opinions and my reactions and experiences onto somebody else. I just find it very confusing and almost impossible to relate to
1: uh, open door policy for for Sharon by the way just want to say that i mean i mean i have nothing against this woman i really absolutely i really don't i i am just sometimes my 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 frustration and my you know i i'm i get like furious it's not so much with the person it's just with my own confusion and and trying to figure out what the mindset is at the time and that 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 is it's close to more's disappearance but it's far enough removed where you you've been able to take a breath and process it
0: well, it does appear that Sharon was uh, writing about Mora's disappearance since, I believe, 2004 on a forum called Web Sleuths under the name Peabody. And um, and that is kind of notable because she sort of distances herself as Sharon, even though there's a bit of a connection, an obvious connection there. She's like, oh, I know Sharon. It, it's So it really seems pretty apparent. Um, that it is Sharon, uh, Sharon Roush, um, on web salutes. So, so yeah. So Lance, to your point, I'm, I am confused as well. Uh, downright a bit exasperated, um, with what's going on because everything, everything that they're doing is saying how helpful and, and things, but, but they have a chance to actually be helpful again, you know? And I, again, I don't want to, uh, this isn't a roast. I don't want to turn this into anything like that. I, I want to be respectful. Uh, Sharon absolutely has an open door policy. It's definitely confusing when you're trying to figure it out uh, or or see where someone's coming from, especially when they're so close to us. They're, we've literally been communicating with them on Twitter, uh, apparently blocking them. I mean, I had Carlo blocked for months, and it, it was kind of just obvious that it was a, a fake account, you know? And so, I don't know.
2: Just, you know, you, you were talking about the Peabody account on WebSleuths and how how someone actually even called that person out and said, wait a minute, first you said that you were, you know, Sharon slash Maura's future mother-in-law, and now you're saying you're not. And she kind of put in this weird, rushed, not helpful explanation. Oh, well, that post was from the perspective, like it didn't make sense. It just seemed really dishonest. And then... We have this fake account, and and if it really is Sharon, that's you know, I, I don't know what else they're tweeting besides defenses of Bill using uh, shorthand initials and using exact verbiage like Mora's missing and pro-Trump propaganda. <laughs> like well, I don't know what what else there was, but I mean, yeah. it, it's just a pattern of of dishonesty online. And again, like like what's going on here? like yeah. wh- why are, why are you be, being dishonest uh, on these on these websites concerning this missing person and you know we don't know what happened to mora but i would argue that that mora suffered significantly more than bill you know her suffering hopefully was was brief and again we have no idea what happened but you know mora is the, the the victim here mora is the one who crashed her car and never talked to anyone again
0: that's right yeah and uh and the the post from Peabody, I think that you were referencing. Uh, Peabody does say, um, "I have never." She says here she's talking about a different person's disappearance. She says, "I have never forgotten about Joanna's missing," uh, partly because, as with Maura Murray, my future jo- daughter-in-law, there have been no leads. Uh, and then she goes on and signs it Peabody. So yeah, it's pretty clear. And then she backs away from that in, in different posts, uh, saying, "Oh no, I know, I, I know uh, Maura's future mother-in-law." So. Yeah, I I think transparency is needed. And I don't think that's too much to ask.
2: I certainly don't think it's too much to ask. I mean, you're putting yourselves out there. But like I said, it's only on their terms in in a situation where they're in control. Like just when you go back and you watch that Disappeared episode on ID Discovery, which exposed the case to so many people, Sharon's the narrator, (laughs) you know? You don't see the boyfriend's mom being the narrator, she was calling the shots. The direction of that episode, I think was really in her hands. She was almost in it more than Fred.
1: As you monitor this, Chloe, is there any common threads that you see, uh, in regards to people who are not supportive of our show, people who are not supportive of what seemingly is, um, a a good willed attempt at progress.
2: Um, the common thread seems to be, you know, support of, of Aaron and Bill. I mean, I'm sure people have lots of reasons for disliking you guys. Like I, how could I even summarize? What? <laughs> that that seems to be a common thread.
0: Well, that's fair. I mean, yeah, I, I guess Lance, I, let me, let me add a little caveat there. I I mean, it's like a blind supporter, right? I mean, we, we've been objective. I, I'd like to think uh, in looking at Bill and looking at his legal troubles and uh, upcoming problems and we and as we talked about we kind of put a hold on talking to him on the show um for the time being until this is settled um so it is weird when there are people who use um bill's survivor or ex uh in shorthand uses her initials or her last name like carlo did back in january and tweets blindly supporting uh, of bill and that's the the part that's weird, you know, and and I do think if you look at those accounts, some of them have uh, conspiracy theories that they push uh, politically too, and I, I don't want to, yeah, the the party affiliation doesn't matter actually,
1: right? So, one of the threads that I want to address and and see if, if there's anything telling about it is the one that involves Tim and I actively engaging with members of this community and. Having them on the show, even engaging in conversations over email or off-the-air Zoom calls or Skype calls, something where it's face-to-face, I would say 95 to 99% of the people that we've spoken with who have contributed online, when we ask them, hey, do you want to get on a Zoom call or a Skype call because we want to see their face and we want to hear their voice, they say yes and then they then they join in on our get vocal nights on Thursday and then they they message us on twitter they'll dm us and and all of that conversation is very productive um, there's another thread where the other side of this has no face has no real name will not come out and and talk to us face to face will will delay things like that will block you um, and will and again, I don't want to get into party affiliations, but they will be supportive of some very suspect, uh, topics and, and alt topics. Like it, it's very extreme, almost, almost very extreme.
0: Yeah. It's very, very extreme actually. Yeah. You can say that. That It's, it's absolutely extreme. It's like anti-mask stuff and things like that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah, exactly. So it's, it's that side of, of things. I, it's weird to be in that, uh, <laughs>
0: that, um, that group, I guess, but, um, Sort of the tell from Sharon Roush's email uh, to Helena that was posted on Twitter a few weeks ago, Um, and then Peabody's account, and then this Carlo Dewitt Twitter account was this uh, the way that she wrote "Mora's missing" um, and not uh, "Mora's disappearance" or the you know when Mora went missing or something like that. And and as we read just a few minutes ago, she used it in another case too. She wrote "Joanna's missing," Um, so it seems. Pretty rare, uh, sort of like a little bit of like a a, a a linguistic calling card, if you will.
2: Yeah, I would say so. I, I haven't seen that verbiage used before or after. Have you?
1: No. I mean, I don't know. I I think I've seen people use that by a- accident, use that apostrophe s by accident, but not not repeatedly. I mean, I mean, I really. This is the only situation and the circumstance where. It stood out from seemingly different people about the same thing,
0: yeah, I mean it's a it's a verb right she's using it as a noun is that a possessive is that noun what it is? right and like I think you can use vanish like that or vanishing right more is vanishing you could use yes. and then she's also she also vanished at one point, but more is missing just seems like grammatically
1: awkward, and is it always the m m apostrophe s or is it Mora
0: oh, it's both she wrote it, and she did write it Mora's missing in the email, yeah Mora's apostrophe missing. she's also done mm's missing as well, or at least Carlo did
1: right right so these these different monikers have done it both mm and Mora's, and they're from seemingly different people
0: well I, I, in my opinion, I think they're the same person but oh yeah uh, but but
1: but the pr- the presentation is not the same person, even if it's somebody not related to this case at all, it, it's weird. It's, it's beyond the weird. And if it is somebody related to this case, it's even weirder. And, and the fact that, that we have offered a platform to anybody to come on is, as, you know, let's vet you, let's come on. If you have something productive to say, even if it's controversial, come on. We can talk about it because you bring something into the light and that's when it's going to be, that's when it's the most honest bring it into the light. Don't don't keep it in the dark.
0: I think you're right and I think there there is progress that could be made um with transparency, transparent behavior uh going forward, you know. So I I we do we do hope for that. It's not fun to be at odds with uh with people like this. Uh <laughs> personally speaking, not my favorite thing to do.
1: No, and you know what? Chloe, I'm interested to hear your point of view on this. The difference between somebody like Alden Olsen who was Used to be the biggest troll in this community, in my head. He's no longer the biggest troll in the community by a long shot in my head anymore. Um, he at least put his face out there. What's the what 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 do you think about that? What's the difference there?
2: Uh, well, Alden's complicated, and I'd rather I don't want to talk about Alden too much, but I I, I just think Alden is a little bit more complicated. He definitely was never ashamed of associating his identity with some of the behaviors out there but you know the, the menacing videos maybe he should have been but he he never was but I think maybe these other people who are maybe more established in society and in their professional careers are, have more of a vested interest and in, maybe have more of uh more insight that the behavior is considered unacceptable but they don't care um they're going to continue doing it but they don't want it to ruin their lives so that's where the um, anonymity comes in. But Alden wasn't as concerned about those things.
1: Well said. And I want another crack at getting your opinion on something, Chloe. And this is uh, the difference between a family like the Maitlands, uh, who Bruce uh, has suffered, and his wife, uh, you know, the whole family, has suffered a a tragic um, disappearance as well, uh, Brianna Maitland. And Bruce has worked his ass off with us with Michelle with Jillian with the, the Jen the entire board and all of the volunteers with private investigations for the missing in order to help families that were in and are in the situation he was in and he is currently in to make something better uh, we've offered this platform up. We've offered what we do for Mora and and the Murrays to do something better. We've we've offered fundraisers, uh, raised money for searches, and and said we'd raise money for scholarships and raise money for uh, groundskeeping for trails that Mora would uh, want you know to keep to to have kept clean uh, and 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 hikeable. Um, why is there such a divide between the community that remains faceless and in the dark. Why can't they say, okay, I see what you're trying to do. I'll, I'll put this behind me and let's try to do something positive. Does that make sense? And what is the difference there?
2: Well, again, it, it's, it's speaking to to someone else's motives. I, I would completely agree with you that all this energy that's being put into antagonizing others, trying to um, defile someone's character, which let's be honest, I think that's what the purpose of releasing that email was the The idea was to make John Smith look bad, but it ended up not it ended up making Sharon and Bill look bad. I, I think once we stop these you know character assassinations, once people stop referring to different schools of thought or different podcasts as competitors or competition um, and, and instead focus on the bottom line, which is this innocent twenty one year old nursing student who lost her life for no reason, um, I think the better off we'll all be